Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Here's your host, Angelique Dreyer. Today we are joined by Renal Berger, who is a professor in economics and a researcher at the Research on Socioeconomic Policy Group, RESEP, in the Department of Economics at Stellenbosch University. Her interest is in poverty and exclusion in African countries, with a focus on the role of health inequalities. Her research is closely aligned with policy processes because it aims to inform and support initiatives to fight inequity and address problems with health care delivery. Prof, thank you so much for joining us. It's a great pleasure. Now, I understand that you're currently focusing a bit on bias in research. Uh, can you tell us a bit about why you regard bias in data availability as such an important impediment to advancing equity and social justice? Um, yes, gladly. <laughs> so this journey has been something that has interested me from the very start. And because we're so reliant on data, it has really been something that um, has been on my radar throughout my career. But recently with a group of researchers, we've started to look at sort of bias against Southern researchers, the fact that Southern researchers in development economics uh, tend to represents a far smaller share of conference participants, totally underrepresented, often below 15% of uh, the participants at conferences on development economics or from developing countries. Uh, we also find that often in journals, very few of the authors are from the South. And this is, of course, is not something about sort of not appreciating the fantastic uh, contributions that authors from the North make, but just saying that you know, one would want to see more of a presence um, of uh, people living in those countries, having a voice and having a say, especially about policy research and about how countries should be developing and what are the major problems. But from that, um, I also uh, gained a window on the, the, the broader issue of data availability. We worked on research biases, but Underlying a lot of that is also biases in, in, in the availability of good quality data that would allow for publications. And um, my area of interest is African countries. And um, there's been shocking recent work that has shown that um, the same countries tend to come up over and over again, especially in the top quality journals where you know you read, need a really good data set, like a panel data set that is large sample. And, um, you know, there's so many African countries where we just don't have that. And that limits what we know about them. And that limits the information that we have to make policy decisions about that. And I think more broadly seen, I worry about all types of data and the availability of all types of data and who is excluded. Because as we become more and more immersed in sort of a data-driven decision-making processes, um, these divides will deepen and widen, and I'm worried that it will reinforce and magnify current inequalities uh, uh, and, and, and work against uh, progress with social justice. And Prop, through what channels does it work? Uh, there are various channels through which it works. I mean, the, the, I think the shocking part of it is that the 
are so many dimensions to it. I mean, one example would be uh, a woman who recently got divorced who never worked and um, she's never had a credit card of her own and now she doesn't have a, uh, she might be sort of 45 or 55 and she doesn't have a credit tra track record to a lot of the loan agencies. She's invisible. She doesn't exist. And in a previous era, we, um, our lives were less data driven. Um, you know, maybe your father knew the bank manager or your friend knew the bank manager and there was some kind of goodwill or other information sources that one could have drawn on in the absence of sort of a credit record. But I think um, with the move to more evidence-based decision-making, greater transparency, which are all things that I support with a lot of energy and enthusiasm, there is a dark side to that. And that is that um, there are specific subgroups that are excluded um, and where we have systematically less data that are more likely to not be in the data sets. Countries that are war-torn, countries that are um, not English-speaking, um, uh, countries that with a lot of remote locations where it's difficult to do field work. And, and it's just heartbreaking to know that in the end, what we end up with is knowing far less about these countries. And knowing far less about these countries often mean that there's less advocacy work, less help, less aid going to those countries. Because these days, in the very competitive funding environments that we face, you need to have a headline-grabbing um, statistics to say, fund malnutrition because it's killing so many women and so many uh, children. Uh, and if you don't have data, you don't have that. And how do you uh, compare with a proposal um, that wants to do work in Kenya and have incredibly detailed information about how they'll set up the project, what impact they expect to have when you want to work in sort of a rural area that's recently been ravaged by war and all you have is sort of five stories about women that, you know, you met. Um, and those may, may be different scale of projects, but I think part of the issue is also with the move towards more monitoring and evaluation and more transparency and high quality um, information on the impact of projects, these large-scale projects also are being pushed to the side. Um, the funders want to be able to show impact, which means that um, it's more difficult to fund a project where there will not be clear data-based outcomes of success. And it biases the work we do. And it's, it's not just positive, but I think what worries me and what I think we need to start to debate and bring to the light is the way in which this uh, contorts uh, who we are and, and what society we are evolving to be. And I know a lot of people are working on it, everybody from their own perspective, but I just think in development, um, it's very important to also realize that because data is the window through which we look uh, at the world and at these problems that we're trying to solve, uh, biases and data availability is a real constraint uh, to being able to do the work. And we do need to invest in bringing infrastructure and bringing data analysis capability to countries where they, we have very few uh, data sets and very few research policy papers. How can we change this bias in data availability to promote equity and social justice? Um, well, I think there the are a couple of things that we can do. I mean, there, there, 
there are a lot of innovative ways and, and relatively affordable ways in which we can now uh, know more about countries we, that we not where we don't have formal data sets. You know, aerial photography, um, satellite um, images, imagery. There's amazing um, innovations in image processing that are allowing us to do so much more with cell phone data and, um, you know, um, you know the, these kind of image processing um, uh, software as well. But I think they will never be... These are important developments, but they cannot replace sort of um, the qualitative and sort of uh, uh, scale and depth of um, surveys. So we still do need surveys. And um, with the 2015 process to develop the sustainable development goals, um, there was a lot of emphasis on uh, the fact that we cannot push these goals without improving um, the data infrastructure in um, poor countries. And I think uh, that's an important point to make. And um, I worry that with the funding environment as it is, I'm not sure if that is still a policy priority. <laughs> Prof, thank you so much for your time today um, and really for the excellent work that you are doing. I just want to wish you all the best um, going forward. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.